Good morning, Tuolumne Community Baptist Church. This is Pastor George coming to you from the church office. This is Sunday Sermon 531-2020. I am running a little bit late, and I do apologize. But I know I have podcast listeners out there that are depending on this, and I'm here to put it out there for you. The title today is, What is the Day of Pentecost? Well, the reason I chose this subject is because today... 531 is the day of Pentecost, the day our church actually was started, some 2,500 years years ago. Many Christians have no idea of what the day of Pentecost is. Some can be noticeably short-minded and relate the day of Pentecost to the some people who call themselves Pentecostals, and they do not want any part of it. So, what are you saying, Pastor? Are Pentecostals bad? No, I'm not saying that at all. Pentecostal is a denomination of the Christian church experience, just like we call ourselves Baptists, because we all know John the Baptist was a Baptist, right? Of course he was. You know, we're just different denominations serving the same loving God and believing that Jesus Christ truly is the Son of God. So don't be scared over this uh, name Pentecost. We're going to talk to you today a little bit about what it really means. When the Bible refers to the day of Pentecost, it's talking about a Jewish feast, a Jewish holiday. In the Hebrew language, it was called Shabbat. The word pente is a Greek word, and it means 50. So 50 days after the Passover celebration, come the day of Shabbat. Shabbat is a two-day holiday celebrated from sunset until nightfall of the second day. It coincides with, it coincides, excuse me, I lost my place. It coincides with the date that God gave the Torah to the Jewish people at Mount Sinai. Do you guys remember that? This was some 3,300 years ago. It came after 49 days of eager uh, counting as they prepared themselves for the special day on that 50th day when Moses come down and they had received the law from God and Moses. Now, if you remember when this happened, some of these people had given up and they built themselves a, a golden calf. Do you remember reading that story? And they were all dancing and jumping around that golden calf. That day when Moses came down, Over 3,000 people died because of their sin on that great day. But we're not talking about that day of Shabbat. We're talking about the one in the New Testament time. So let's look how this all lines up for the people in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. Passover is celebrated in the spring. For the Hebrews, it was deliverance from bondage. And for the Christian, it's deliverance from our sin because Jesus was crucified on the day of Pentecost. The original Passover, the Hebrew, marked their homes. You remember reading that in Genesis. They marked their their homes uh, with the blood of the lamb. And Christians marks his house, the blood of over his heart, with the blood of Christ. So Jesus was crucified on this very same day of Passover. The very next day of Passover is the Feast of Unleavened Bread. The second feast begins on the next night after Passover. 
God told the Jews to eat only pure unleavened bread during that week following Passover. Leaven in the Bible typically symbolized, symbolized sin and evil. Unleavened bread eaten over a period of time symbolized a holy walk with the Lord. Now in the New Testament, the unleavened bread is the body of our Lord. The piece of bread, the Jewish matzah used uh, the Jews for, by the Jews during this week of the unleavened bread was striped, just like Jesus' body was striped when they had beaten him. The Passover ceremony of breaking and burying and resurrecting a piece of this bread represents the gospel during the modern Jewish Passover celebration. It is so exciting to, to hear about all of this. Um, so here we had Jesus on the Passover was crucified. On the Feast of the Unleavened Bread, Jesus was put into the tomb, was buried. And then we have the Feast of the First Fruits held on a Sunday following the Unleavened Bread. God wanted a special feast during which the Jews would acknowledge the fertility of their fine land that God had given them. They were to bring their early crops in the spring from the spring planting, first fruits, to the priests at the temple to wave before the Lord on their behalf. This was done on the morrow after the Sabbath or Sunday. Jesus is our first fruit. This is when he rose again. So you have the Passover, Jesus was crucified. You have unleavened bread, the next day, Jesus was buried. And then you have the first fruits, that Sunday, Jesus rose again. It's so interesting how the Bible lines up. This was all prophesied that these things would happen just this way. So we can understand why the 50 day, 50th day after Jesus had rose again would be Shabbat, the day of Pentecost. Now, when we understand, we can see God's timing with the Jewish feasts and the death and the burial and resurrection of Jesus. It makes sense that the Holy Spirit would come on this day of Shabbat. But before we read Acts 2 about the day of Pentecost, we want to interpret it through the reading of Acts 1. And we're going to look at verses 4 through 8. If you have your Bibles, go get your Bibles and read along with me. I am reading uh, today out of the NIV Bible. Acts 1, verse 4. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. Verse 5. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. This is very interesting. You see, because we seen back in John, and we're going to look at that in a second, where he had, they had already received the Holy Spirit. Now he's talking about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Verse 6, Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom of Israel? But he said, Jesus said, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. Verse 8, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And he said, they, 
he said that they would be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Well, let's look. I mentioned it earlier. Let's look at John 20, 22. Jesus said, and, and with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. So they had received the Holy Spirit just as we receive the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus Christ into our hearts as our Lord and Savior. I propose to you that there is something different about being baptized with the Holy Spirit. Let's look at Acts chapter 2 now. Let's look at the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, that's that 50 days. That 49th day had passed, that was the first day, and this is the 50 day. They were all with one accord in one place. Man, that is such an important thing to realize, that they are all within one accord. You see, that's why it's so important for us to realize that we need to be in one accord with one another. When we come to church, we are all focused on the same thing. We're all looking to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. We're worshiping him. That's what the day of worship is all about. But looks what, look what happened. Verse 2, And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Verse 3, Then there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Man, this is amazing. Can you even imagine that this, this, these tongues of fire that would sit down? And understand, you couldn't see the fire on your own head. You could only see the fire on someone else's head. And how exciting that would be. You'd say, man, they're on fire for the Lord. I can see the fire is on their head. It's just like we hope that people can see the fire on your head because you have boldness and you're excited for what God has done for you. Verse 5, And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. And when this sound occurred, the multitude came together and were confused because everyone heard them speak in his own language. Wow, this is amazing. Verse 7, Then they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Look, are not these who speak Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of our own language in which we were born? And verse 9, he's going to list all these different... Please forgive me, I have such a hard time um, pronouncing these names. But from the Parathians to the... Medes and to the Ammonites and those who dwell in Macedonia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phygera, Pamphylia, Egypt and all the parts of Libya adjoining Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them speaking in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. So they were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, Whatever could this mean? Others, mocking, said, They are full of the new wine. Wow. 
They're looking at this. They're, listen, all these people that we mentioned, all those different, different countries that had come together, they had heard these men speaking in tongues and they were speaking in their own languages, languages they could understand. Well, does that ever happen in modern day? Yeah, it, it does. Actually, I have a story I want to share with you. This story is from my, my old pastor. Now, he's not old, but he was my old pastor. His name is Pastor Andrus, Craig Andrus, over at Christian Heights Church here in Sonora. He's a wonderful man, and he's a mentor to me, and um, I, just, I just love him to death. And I, I believe that I was actually in the service this day when this happened, but I, I'm not positive with that. It, it's been 25, maybe close to 30 years ago. And um, I remember him telling the story, and it was such a profound story that I called him this last week, said, Pastor Craig, can I share this story with my congregation because I'm preaching on the day of Pentecost? And he said, absolutely. And I said, then please tell me the story again so I, I get it right. So this is how the story went. He had had a regular Sunday service, and uh, they they had went through the service. It was a salvation message. And a couple of younger people, probably in their 20s, come up to give their hearts to the Lord. And they were down on their knees at the altar praying. And Pastor Craig went up and was very reverently praying over these two, and praying with them and praying over them. And he began to speak in his prayer language over them. Now, understand, he wasn't being boastful or loud about it, you know, speaking in tongues to the whole church. He was just speaking through his prayer language, through the Holy Spirit, over these two people. Now, sitting about two rows in was a young man that was sitting there. And he was the brother-in-law to his youth pastor who was up in the youth chapel doing uh, the youth service. And the pastor knew that he was there, but he wasn't really paying much attention to him. He was just someone that was sitting in the service. Well, after the service was over, it was a wonderful service. Everything was done. Pastor went to his office to start putting some things away. And in come the youth pastor just kind of flooding through the door. And he said, Pastor, Pastor, do you speak Russian? And Pastor kind of looked at him perplexed and said, Why would you ask me if I speak Russian? He said, because my brother-in-law, who is sitting in the service, he is in the military, and he's been trained as a Russian translator, and he's about to be shipped to Russia to do some work for our country over there as a Russian translator. And Pastor said, well, no. He, says, well, he says, you spoke to him. He said, well, let's go talk to him. So they both went up to the youth chapel. The young man uh, said to him what he had said. And he told Pastor Craig, he said, you had turned and looked directly at me and said in fluent Russian, this message is for you. This message is for you. And it was like, wow, wow. I, and Pastor Craig said he had no recollection. He remembers speaking over these two young people. He doesn't even remember turning and looking at this young man, even though he, he knew where he was. He knew that he was there, but he doesn't recall looking at him, making contact with him and, and saying this to him. But the young man was so impressed. He'd been, he admitted he had been kind of running from God and he knew about Jesus Christ, but he had never accepted him as his Lord and Savior. So he did that day. He gave his heart to the Lord. He, he stopped his wrestling with God and stopped his running and said, today is the day that I'll accept him as my Lord and Savior. So when that happened, that was just what a wonderful day, a wonderful story. 
he shipped off, I think, within the next few days to Russia. And I believe he said it was like two months later. He was killed in some type of an accident. I can't remember if it was an automobile or a boating accident. Whatever it was, he was killed two months later. This is amazing. The Holy Spirit knew this was his time and this was his place. And they, he needed to speak to him. So yes, it can happen when people are speaking in tongues. The Holy Spirit can use it any way that he wants to use it to get people to receive and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Pastor Craig said it had happened another time to him uh, before where somebody had said that he was actually speaking Romanian in his uh, prayer language. It's, it's an amazing thing. So we never know. You don't need to be afraid of speaking in tongues. And this message that I'm putting out today isn't about uh, you speaking in tongues. It, it has nothing to do with that. It, it has to do with uh, believing that the Holy Spirit is that gift, that helper that God has sent for you. We would not have received it if Jesus stayed in this earth. It, he had to have the helper come so that Jesus could return to God. And we have that helper now that lives inside of us, and we need not to be afraid of him. So let's look back in Acts. Remember when we were in Acts chapter 1? Let's go back there for a little bit. He said, but you will receive the power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Well, what does that mean to be a witness? What does that mean? Well, we only think, yeah, we're, we're a witness of what's happened to us and changed in our lives. But this word comes from the Greek language. And in the Greek, a witness means martyr. It's a person who is willing to die or has died while serving and preaching for his God. Or is willing to die for his or her belief in God. A witness is someone who is completely sold out and is willing to give all to his belief. That's what a witness is. Are you a witness for God? The only way anyone can do this is through the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We just are simply are not strong enough. It just is not in you to be able to do that. It's not in me. I would not be able to be preaching to you if it wasn't for the power of the Holy Spirit. I've shared some of my testimony with you and I, I will share more with you. But it has to be the power of the Holy Spirit. I, can, I do not have this ability in myself to be able to preach the gospel this way. So it brings me to point one, number one. The meaning of Pentecost is God equipping his church with the power of his spirit so that he will, so that God will be glorified among the nations. The point of Pentecost is mission, and the goal of the mission is that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. And that's Habakkuk 2.14. It makes sense that God would use the day of the Feast of Pentecost, or Shabbat, to bring the Holy Spirit. It takes place 50 days or seven Sabbaths after the Passover, 50 days after Jesus rose from the grave. We need to remember our purpose as God's church and not to focus on ourselves 
and on our own happiness. Our purpose is to spread the knowledge of God to all the nations, beginning with our own Jerusalem, Tuolumne. Tuolumne is our own Jerusalem. But if we lose our outward focus, if the overall purpose of God's glory, we've lost our reason for, the, for existence. We've lost our reason to be a church. <clears throat> we need not to lose our outward focus. This event, this day of Pentecost, put both Jews and Gentiles on equal footing. This opened the door for every person to see Jesus and glorify God. It brings us to point number two. The scope of God's plan is all the nations. As I studied this portion of Acts, I wondered at first why Luke, the writer of Acts, goes through this long, somewhat tedious list of nations that I personally had such a hard time reading. He starts east of Israel and ends up encircling the land. While most of the men mentioned were Jews, and a few were Gentile proselytes. They have become Jews. They are representative of all the nations that the Lord wants to reach, the whole world. The key to this list is in verse 5. It represents, that represents men from every nation under, under heaven. They were devout men. These people that were here were devout men meaning they were God-fearing, as is as obvious from the fact that they had made a long pilgrimage to get to Jerusalem for this feast, for this day of Pentecost. But they did not yet know their Messiah had come and had been sacrificed. Peter will shortly explain this with his sermon. Now, I'd like you later to read the whole sermon. I'm, I'm only going to take a few pieces of it here to give to you, just for the sake of time. But read Acts chapter 2. It starts, his sermon begins in verse 14. That's where we're going to pick it up. Verse 14 says, But Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judah and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. The third hour of the day means it was nine o'clock in the morning. And most of these devout Jews know that the first three hours of the day, you don't eat or drink. You give that to God and you worship God during those times. So they knew that these men were not drunk. And Peter just reminded them of that. But this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. So he begins to go back to the Bible and, and bring that, this prophecy that had come out. Verse 17, And it shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my maidservants and on my on my manservants and on my maidservants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. See, he brings up the manservants and maidservants that everybody is included in this. I will pour out my spirit and they shall prophesy. Verse 19, I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness and the moon into blood before the coming of the great awesome day of the Lord. 
Verse 21, And it shall come to pass that whoever, pay attention to this, people, that whoever, that whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. That includes everyone. It says whoever, whoever. Peter could have only spoken this way into these crowds with the power of the Holy Spirit. Please understand, being baptized in the Holy Spirit is not just speaking in tongues. It is the power of God working through us to be his witnesses through the world. See, in being a witness, you've you got to be willing to die for the be it a witness. A witness is a martyr. And so Peter here had such boldness because the Holy Spirit had filled him. Let's look a little more of his sermon. This, we're going to start with verse 39. Then the promise is for you and your children and all who are off, who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. Is he calling you? If you're listening to this message, yes, he's calling you. With many other words, he warned them and pleaded with them. Save yourself from this corrupt generation. Man, we could be talking about today, couldn't we? Verse 41, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. This is the day of Pentecost, the day our church began, 3,000 people. Remember when I told you about the, in the day of Moses when he come down from Mount Sinai with the law? And they were all dancing around uh, that golden calf and that foolishness that they had done. 3,000 that day died, perished. Today, on this day, this Pentecost, 3,000 are added to the number. 3,000 people are saved. Praise God. God, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to breaking of bread and prayer. Sounds like a church to me. Verse 41, everyone, verse 43, I'm sorry, everyone was filled with awe. Uh, New King James, I like the way they say, they say everyone was filled with fear. Well, what do you mean filled with fear? Well, it's reverential fear. That's why the, new, the NIV here uses the word awe. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. They were, they, they were just in awe of God, and there's no way they would fall into sin here because of their uh, fearful righteousness. They just wanted to, to please God. Verse 44, all the believers were together and everything in common. See, that's what the church has. People are to be together and be in, com be in common. They sold property and possessions and gave to everyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and they ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Man, what a what a story. The day of Pentecost. And we don't need to be afraid. I, I the whole point of this message is there's a difference between receiving the Holy Spirit when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and being baptized in the Holy Spirit. This is where we receive the power to be the witness to God that you are called to be. This is where you get the power to do all things 
do all things in Christ Jesus. We need the power of the Holy Spirit upon us, and we need not to be afraid of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be talking about the Holy Spirit over the next few weeks. I want it to become commonplace for you to be hearing me talk about the Holy Spirit and get to the place where you're not afraid of it. No, we're not turning Pentecostal. We're not going to be running around the church screaming and and letting our wigs fly off our head and all those crazy things. We are going to be respectful, but we need to understand the Holy Spirit is alive and is real and is part of the Trinity of God, and we need to understand that. He is your helper that God sent to help you to grow and to learn and to develop. We had many people that came down this last Sunday to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Nothing miraculous happened. Nobody fell over. Nobody began to shout in speaking in tongues. But there were several people that said, yes, I would like to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, what do you do with that now, Pastor? Well, you go about your day, your prayer time, on your own time. And, and you ask, Father, are, would, you, would, you prefer, would you like me to speak in tongues and just release your mouth and begin to speak to him? In whatever language that he fills it with, it'll sound like gibberish. It'll sound like foolishness. But when your kids began to talk, they sounded like they were just giving you gibberish too. We all learn and grow. It's an amazing thing. But the Apostle Paul says not everyone will speak in tongues. I hope that everyone would, but I know that everyone won't. It has nothing to do with your salvation. Believing on Jesus Christ is what makes you saved. The Holy Spirit gives us the power and the strength to be able to endure in this world that has become very, very difficult. Um, it's a very important thing that we have and receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. God bless you, brothers and sisters. I, I'm so thankful that you're listening to the podcast. Um, next week, I'm going to talk about, I believe the title is going to be, Who is He? Who is the Holy Spirit? We're going to talk more about Him. I want you to get to know Him. I want Him to be that friend that is closer than a brother. Amen. God bless you. I'm so thankful that you're listening. Um, please come out and see us at the church. We're, we're having, we, we are having church, but we have all the COVID, you know, the CDC rules, uh, social distancing, and you have to sign in and all that kind of stuff. Wash your hands and hand sanitizers, and we have masks. We have all the stuff that you may need uh, to protect yourself. And, and it's not that I make light of it. I want you to be protected. If you have any concern at all and you're a little bit afraid, stay home and listen to the podcast. Or, or if we, we put it out on Facebook Live, even though I believe this last Sunday, I don't think the sound worked out quite right. But uh, we, we do our best to get the word out there to you. Don't feel guilty. Just take care of yourself. Stay healthy. God bless you. We love you. And we hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.